You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be discussing Dante Allen entering the transfer portal, and then we're also going to be talking a little Kentucky football. It's been quite some time since we've talked about the Wildcats and Mark Stoops and what they've got going on obviously spring practice is other underway I want to look at the depth chart for both the offense and the defense and just kind of talk about essentially just how excited I am uh, for this uh, for this upcoming season thank you so much for making locked on Kentucky your first listen every single day want to remind you guys that we are free and available on all platforms let's go ahead and get into it Dante Allen entered the transfer portal he entered the transfer portal just a few days ago I did not get a chance to uh to sit down and discuss it with you guys because there was a bunch of different things other subjects that I wanted to get to that were that were more relevant at the at the time uh obviously with Kentucky uh in the during their March Madness run and different things like that I wanted to just kind of talk about what was going on and and but 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 we're going to talk about Alan here today. He posted to social media just a few days ago and said this, said, quote, wow, this journey has been like no other. I can't thank Big Blue Nation enough for embracing me unconditionally through the highs and lows. A kid from Kentucky given an unbelievable opportunity to play for his dream school. This wouldn't feel right without thanking all of my coaches, brothers, the trainers, the staff, Big Blue Nation, and everyone who made my last three years so special. Lexington, Kentucky will forever be home. Lexington, Kentucky will forever be my home. And after uh, after much thought and consideration, I've decided to put my name in the transfer portal. He tweeted that out, and I believe he put it on his Instagram uh, as well. Dante Allen, one of the guys that was uh, one of the key contributors for last year's squad during the 2020 season. Obviously, not the most efficient offense or efficient team that Kentucky had and and Allen was uh, uh while he was a key contributor nobody and I don't want I don't want to rag on Allen because he was a former four-star player I definitely think that he's going to be able to go and uh and succeed uh somewhere else but it, it he's one of those players that was on a squad that team that that fans want to forget and he's transferring out of the program after having his his minutes uh, minimized this season. And I hope that wherever he goes, he's able to find his three-point shot again. Obviously, this year was not the best three-point shooter. Wasn't the greatest three-point shooter last season either. Um, but, but I would like to see him, instead of regress developmentally and instead of regressing statistically, I'd like to see him go somewhere where he can contribute and he can get his numbers up and he could potentially make a shot at, at, at playing at the next level, whether that be in the NBA, whether that be overseas or in the G League, whatever the case may be. I still believe he's got that potential in him. Uh, it, it's just that a lot of people, I think, are kind of discounting this as like, oh, whatever. It's a kid that played in a year that we want to forget. And then also he didn't really contribute to the team this season, which is true, which is fair. I, I just think that there was still potential there with Dante Allen, and again, best of luck uh, to him and wherever he goes. Again, like I mentioned, he was a four-star recruit in 2019. He redshirted as a freshman during the 19 season. Then he averaged 14 minutes per game in 22 games last season, and then this season, 
Uh, his minutes were just about cut in half, went from averaging 14 minutes to six and a half minutes per game in just 19 games. And then over his career, he averaged 3.9 points and 1.4 rebounds per game. Obviously, I think that Kentucky still, whenever you look at their current roster, still should be excited about the guys that they currently have that could potentially uh, be t- could potentially take those minutes that Allen could have potentially gotten this next season. Obviously, C.J. Frederick, a guy that I'm looking at that's going to be a key contributor for this year's Kentucky squad. I think he's going to be a great shooter. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, I believe, is going to be gone, so it's going to be interesting to see what Kentucky does outside of C.J. Frederick at the uh, at the two spot, at the shooting guard spot, and then at small forward, uh, obviously, you've got to be able to find somebody to replace Kellen Grady uh, as a shooter, it's going to be interesting to see what Kentucky does. Does Casein Wallace step up? Does Chris Livingston step up when the two recruits? Do they? Uh, does Kentucky opt to go get another transfer uh, to replace Dante Allen's minutes? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, but yeah, not um, not the biggest loss for the Wildcats, um, but certainly felt the need to acknowledge it and not just brush over. Uh, I think that it was important to acknowledge whenever a four star leaves the program. All right, in just a second, I kind of want to go over the, the the depth chart, the spring depth chart for Kentucky football's offense, and then also the defense. And this is essentially just me kind of hyping up what's going to happen uh, in the 2022 season because I think it's going to be great. I think the, the 2022 season is going to be great for Kentucky football. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Stat Hero. Obviously, all of us really, really love March Madness, and we love filling out brackets, but uh, it's been a really long time since I've actually won anything, won any money, ever went deep uh, within with the March Madness bracket, and this year is perfect a perfect example of that. I don't think I had a single Final Four pick correct, uh, which, good on me, uh, but I don't think a lot of people did this season, but this year... To, uh, to win some money, I've actually hedged some bets with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest. Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports. Gambling, you can start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that does not rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players that you choose. It's easy. It's the best way to get your sports action fixed. The gameplay is simple. It's sleek. It'll have you playing within minutes. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. And you can sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions apply. All right, moving along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dog here with you. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're watching right now, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe. All right, the spring depth chart for Kentucky football's offense. Going to talk about the offense first. Just going to run down the different guys that will be contributing this season. A couple of notes before we dive into it. We've got, think about this, Kentucky fans, we've got an experienced quarterback, we've got a very experienced running back, we've got promising receivers, and arguably just a massive offensive line if the right players get get to contribute 
Oh, well, it's, it's going to be a phenomenal season, uh, I think. Uh, I think we're going to really, really enjoy some of the play that we see out of the Wildcats this year. At quarterback, obviously everybody knows incumbent Will Levis, uh, listed at 6'3", 230, a redshirt senior, uh, was definitely the spark I think that Kentucky needed last season to kind of elevate their offense. And if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say it a bunch of times. You've probably heard other people say it, so it's not necessarily something that I came up with. But I've said it for years. If Kentucky could just get a game manager at quarterback, if they could just get that who doesn't turn the ball over and can and doesn't necessarily light up the world with their arms, they're they're not they're not throwing fifty yard bombs every game. They can just consistently manage the game. Kentucky's had guys like that, but I don't believe that they've had somebody that can genuinely consistently manage a game. Then they would be a successful offense. Now, obviously, they've had guys come and go, and we could list off several here: Stephen Johnson, different guys like that. But nobody, I think, has elevated the offense to the level that Will Levis has, and he's not a game manager. Whenever I think about Will Levis, I honestly kind of think about Matthew Stafford uh, of the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I'm not saying that that Levis is going to pan out potentially to be Matthew Stafford. He might. I'm not saying that he's going to turn into him. I'm just saying that I see similarities. I think they're both kind of gamblers. I think they both uh, have that one receiver that they really like to look to. They're um, obviously Will Levis much more mobile than Matthew Stafford, uh, but both of them are very gritty. Uh, and I know that's a term that's thrown out frequently whenever talking about different players, but I think that it truly does apply here in Will Levis's case. Uh, I see a lot of Stafford in him, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does this season after throwing for over 2,800 yards and 24 touchdowns last season. Bo Allen will back him up, the redshirt sophomore, but Will Levis will be getting the uh, the playing time, barring injury, knock on wood. Moving along here, Chris Rodriguez, the starting running back for the Wildcats. Obviously, been with the program for uh, forever now is what it feels like, but he has 2,700 career rushing yards. I believe he needs about 1,100 to become the all-time leader at Kentucky. I think he's going to do that this season. I think he's going to do that. Uh, listed at 5'11", 225, redshirt senior. Again, Chris Rodriguez Jr. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows what he's about. I'm really excited to see the backfield of Chris Rodriguez and Will Levis once again this season behind uh, an offensive line that lost some pieces, but I'm, I'm excited about some of the guys. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, Cavassier Smoke, the backup to Chris Rodriguez, something I didn't realize, and I guess I just haven't really paid attention to it, Smoke has over 13 career rushing yards himself. So you add that up, that's that's over that's a yeah, just a little over 4,000 combined rushing yards uh, for these two. Did I save receiving yards for Smoke initially? I did not mean to. Uh, so there it is. Chris Rodriguez, Cavassier Smoke is who you're looking at at the one-two right now for the running backs. Tight ends. Keaton Upshaw is back from injury, six foot six, two hundred and forty-five pound redshirt senior. Suffered an injury last season. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be nice to see somebody with some size at the tight end position. And honestly, all three of Kentucky's tight ends have, have decent size. Brendan Bates, the backup, is a redshirt senior. He's probably the best team's best blocker, or at least the bl- best blocker uh, at the tight end spot. And then Isaiah Cummings, the converted receiver, had an injury last season, and he will be back for the Wildcats. Uh, this season. Excited to see what the tight ends do. And then the wide receivers. I think that there are a couple of guys in here that I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing potentially break out. Javon Baker being one of them at the X. Uh, he is the Alabama transfer. He's got a nice blend of size and speed. He's going to arrive in the summer. So until then, Kentucky's going to likely have two redshirt freshmen, uh, or excuse me, one redshirt freshman, one freshman 
working at the uh, X position. Chris Lewis, former four-star recruit, six-foot-four guy, and then Dane Key, six-foot-three guy, 195 pounds. He was also a former four-star recruit. Kentucky's got some size in their receiver room. I really, really like the X position. The Z position, Demarcus Harris, uh, the veteran uh, for the Wildcats, the probably the oldest guy in this group, in this receiving core, uh, outside of Tavion Robinson, who we'll get to in a second. But uh, Demarcus Harris, Red shirt, shirt Jr., only has 26 career catches. Will he be able to pan out? I hope. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. And then Barry and Brown, uh, the freshman, was a former top 100 recruit, working at the Z spot, I believe, uh, in the offense. He's versatile. He's very talented. Listed at six foot 175, he can do a lot of different things. He's got speed. He's got a little bit of physicality. I love what Kentucky has in Barry and Brown. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does uh, in, during the 2022 season. And then it's slot. You've got your one guy. Uh, I think he's primarily going to be taking all of the snaps there, uh, if not 90% of them. Tavion Robinson, the transfer from Virginia Tech, he will be replacing Wandale Robinson. And I think the expectation for this kid is that he doesn't he doesn't replicate Wandale Robinson's numbers, but I think that he is uh, stylistically very, very similar to Wandale. And then also I think that from a number standpoint, he's going to get close. I think he's going to get close to Wandale Robinson's production from last season. Uh, I am really looking forward to seeing what Tavion Robinson does out of the slot. Talked about Will Levis having that one go-to guy. I think Tavion's going to be it. A lot of people uh, would agree with that. Moving along to the offensive line, at left tackle, you've got DeAndre Buford, the presumed starter, a redshirt sophomore, but everybody knows Keonta Goodwin, the six foot eight, 330-pound freshman at left tackle. Absolutely insane. Uh, should get some playing time for the Wildcats, or should at least heavily uh, contend for the starting left tackle spot. If Keonta Goodwin starts at left tackle, then you've got six foot eight, six foot three, six foot four, six foot four, three forty, and six foot six, three fifty as your as your starting offensive line. That's massive. That's that's very very solid. Moving along to left guard Kenneth Horsey, uh, the redshirt senior, has had twenty one starts. Should play left guard, could also play tackle for the Wildcats. And then Quint Wilson backing him up. He's a depth piece. He'll play multiple positions. He'll likely back up uh, the center spot as well and could potentially be the backup right guard. We'll just have to wait and see. At center, you've got Eli Cox. He's moving over from right guard to be the center. Kentucky said that they wanted some more experience uh, snapping the ball, and so they're going to get that in Eli Cox, a redshirt junior, six foot four, 300 pounds. Quint Wilson potentially backing him up there. At right guard, you have a transfer from Auburn, Tayshawn Manning, a super senior, six foot four, three hundred and forty pounds. Going to be interesting to see what he does. He wasn't phenomenal at Auburn, uh, but I think that if you add him to the equation here, just on a really, really solid offensive line, I think you have to be pleased with whatever con con contributions he may make. Uh, I believe he will contribute. And then at right tackle, you've got Jeremy Flax, a six foot six redshirt junior, and then to back him up, another six foot six guy. Uh, and David, I don't even want to try and pronounce his name. He's a redshirt freshman. I'm going uh, the fact that I even had to read it off. I've just embarrassed myself. I'm sorry. I will come back and I will figure out how to pronounce David's last name. I believe it's Wallaball. That may be it, 
but I, I don't want to sound like an idiot. He's got solid size, but he lacks experience as a redshirt freshman in Wallaball. And then Jeremy Flax, redshirt junior, had less than 75 snaps last season. So obviously Kentucky's got some different things that they have to work out at the tackle position. But all things considered, you could potentially be starting at left tackle, a six foot eight, 300 pound, 300 plus pound guy, and then Jeremy Flax, a six foot six, 350 pound guy that's a redshirt junior. I mean, you've got some really, really promising guys in this room, I think. I am fired up about what they could potentially do. Does this unit average close to 40 points a game this season? I want to do an episode this offense talk or this offseason talking about that, and we'll we'll go over the other de- just random defensive metrics from the uh, the these past year of this past season and look ahead to the opponents that Kentucky's going to play and just discuss can they score an average 40 points and what it would take. I think that that would be a really fun uh, episode to do. Before we talk about the Kentucky football defense, and they've got some veteran guys on that side of the ball. I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. You can head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked on Kentucky, Lance Dahl here with you. The spring depth chart, we went through the offense. Let's go through the defense here real quick. At defensive end, I'm not sure who's going to start at defensive end. I would assume that Darian Henry Young is definitely going to get a shot to do so. Six foot five, 279 pound redshirt sophomore. He's an Ohio State transfer. Is he more of a depth piece? Is he a starter? I don't know. We'll just we'll have to find out. But somebody's got to step up after Josh Pascal left at defensive end. Those are some really really big shoes to fill. Can Henry Young do it? We'll just have to wait and see. At nose tackle. Kentucky's got a lot of experience. Could potentially see a platoon system here. Justin Roger, Justin Rogers, excuse me, and Josiah Hayes, uh, both six foot three, three hundred and three hundred plus pounds, both juniors, and both averaged over two hundred plus snaps uh, last season. Kentucky's got some experience at nose tackle, at defensive tackle, uh, Octavius. Oxidine, I believe, is how you pronounce his last name. And I'm, I'm, as you can tell, I'm great with names. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really, really hitting the nail on the head uh, today. Uh, Oxidine, six foot one, three hundred eighteen pound redshirt sophomore, missed half of last season with a knee injury. I believe uh, he'll be back and he will be playing at defensive tackle. And then Khalil Saunders, a six foot five redshirt freshman uh, at defensive tackle, is going to be backing him up. I will continue to to update you guys as to what's happening throughout the spring. I wanted to get through the depth chart so that we just kind of know some of the names and know some of the players that are going to potentially be standing out. Also, I'm interested to see what some of these freshmen uh, from this past recruiting class do. Obviously, uh, Saunders uh, is one of those young guys that could potentially contribute. But moving along here, the edge position. Jordan Wright, the super senior, uh, sustained an injury. It is back. J.J. Weaver. Uh, we'll potentially be backing him up or rotating out with him at the edge. J.J. Weaver also sustained an injury last year and is back. Uh, two guys with a lot of experience. I mean, you look at the nose tackle spot, they're very experienced there. Edge, very, very experienced. Defensive end, you've got to fill a hole there. De- defensive tackle, uh, you've got to fill a hole there as well. But, I mean, the edge spots for Kentucky, 
very, very promising. And then you look at the the weak side linebacker, DeAndre Square, uh, obviously the leader of the defense, the super senior there. Uh, Trevin Wallace will be backing him up. And and again, it's just the Kentucky, their front seven, they've got a couple of pieces on the interior that kind of need to step up. But overall, I'm excited about the pass rushing ability of these guys. Jacquez Jones, the Ole Miss transfer, uh, super senior. I just wrote on my notes, baller. Led the team with 85 tackles. Really, really talented guy at the Mike linebacker spot. Uh, and then De'Eric Jackson backing him up as a redshirt sophomore returns from injury. A lot of guys that missed the season or missed half of the season last year that, that will be returning uh, from injury. Again, very experienced group up and down the uh, up and down the starting lineup here. At Nickelback, though, we've got a little bit of a problem. Joel Williams will be the uh, will be the guy that will be starting. Uh, because Kentucky uh, lost a uh, their their potential starting uh, safety or excuse me, geez, potential starting nickelback uh, to injury. Uh, Joel Williams, six foot one, two hundred and four pound junior, will be the starter there. Uh, then the question then is, well, who does Kentucky get in the transfer portal? They've got to pick somebody up. I looked looked to see if Kentucky's looking at anybody. The only guy that I could find was was Keydron Smith. Uh, which is who is a four-star Ole Miss transfer. He, he tr- entered the transfer portal, I believe, back in January. Is he going to commit to the Wildcats? I don't know. It's just somebody that Kentucky's looking at. Uh, will Smith ever commit to a school, considering it's now March? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, cornerback, Andrew Phillips, 5'11", 180-pound redshirt sophomore, should be the starter, but he's not. if he's not, Andre Stewart's going to be getting some snaps as well, a, uh, a freshman. Uh, due to Kentucky's lack of depth at the cornerback spot, uh, they will uh, most likely get some uh, some minutes from Andre Stewart again. I think Kentucky's got to pick a ho- uh, pick up a couple of guys in the transfer portal before this defensive backfield is completely uh, completely ready to go play. Carrington Valentine, the other starting cornerback, was very inconsistent last year. Going to need to see more consistency out of Valentine this season. And then Maxwell Harrison. Former three-star redshirt freshman freshman would expect him to contribute currently on the two deep right now, at least the one that I've put together. And then at safety, Tyrell Asian, or Asian, excuse me, uh, super senior. He's a veteran guy. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the defensive defensive backfield. It's going to be interesting because uh, they've got different guys that you you just don't really know about. They've also got some depth issues. They're going to need to fill some spots. Asian, one of the guys that can be uh, an anchor in that defensive backfield, somebody to look to to look uh, towards for uh, for some leadership. And then Jalen Geiger had 300-plus snaps in 2021, backed up Agent. Uh, he will be uh, contributing to this team as well. We may need Geiger to slide over uh, to a cornerback spot. Probably not going to happen, uh, but but Kentucky definitely needs, definitely needs some help in their defensive back, backfield, I believe. But overall, I think this is a promising unit. Just like the offense, I think that it's going to be very strong. I'm excited to see what they do pass rushing wise. I think that they've got some really good linebackers that can perform well in pass coverage. Uh, very similar to last season. I think the only issue that I have is uh, the lack of turnovers. Obviously, from last season, I think the question coming into this season is: Can they create some more turnovers? We'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lansdahl underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below, or if you're listening on podcast format, you can hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless.